Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where they've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else, and then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with Mm. other women and Mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. Thompson Guitars makes handcrafted instruments in Oregon and is a proud sponsor of the Travis Book Happy Hour. Their guitars are built with select tone woods, including Brazilian rosewood. Go to pktguitars.com for more information about their different models and appointments available from their custom shop. There has to be uh, an existential force of positivity uh, available to, to whoever, for whatever reason. And if I can perpetuate that, then I think I'm doing a good job. You know, when you have the attention of, of so many people, you have an obligation, you know. And if, you're, if your heart is in the right place, if you have a good heart, then you're going to want to influence those those folks in a positive way uh and if you're doing it for if you're and if you're doing a a negative or if you're if you're influencing in a negative way for money uh that loses all credibility with me welcome to the travis book happy hour podcast i'm travis book This episode is brought to you by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments, handmade with love, in Sisters, Oregon. The podcast is presented by Americana Vibes and the Bluegrass Situation, and our show is part of the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can dive into all things Roots music anytime at thebluegrasssituation.com. Acoustic Syndicate is one of the best acoustic rock and Americana bands on earth. Fronted by Steve McMurray, the band's music leans towards themes of sustainability, social justice, and quality of life, and they built a loyal following over the last 30 years. Steve is as down-to-earth as they come. He still farms the land his ancestors first tended over 200 years ago near Shelby, North Carolina. And we get together every Thanksgiving for a hometown holiday jam in Brevard, where I get absolutely blown away by the gravity of this musical titan. I was honored he agreed to join us for an episode of The Happy Hour, and I know you'll love his story and his insights and humility. This episode was recorded live at the Great Eagle in Asheville, North Carolina, on May 19th, 2021. And live from the Great the Pearl of Carolina. It's the Travis Book Happy Hour. With special guest Steve McMurray and the Happy Hour House Band featuring Mike Ashworth and Mike Gugino. And now, your host and mine, Travis Book. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour. (laughs) I'm Travis Book. That was Bill giving that fantastic intro. I just realized today I was driving up here. This is the 19th episode of the Travis Book Happy Hour. I don't know what that means, but here we are. And I I know that this is probably Mike Ashworth's third or fourth. Do you even remember? 
I'm really bad at that kind of thing. Yeah, you're more of a like in the moment kind of guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it might be more though. <laughs> Man, uh, you want to play a tune? Yeah. Let's play y'all a song. I'm going to play a couple songs before we get Steve out here. I'm really excited about tonight's show. Steve McMurray is the king, and you already know this because you're here. And if you're tuning in online, you probably already know that. But if you don't, hold on to your shorts. This is a song I wrote not too long ago, and I just taught it to Mike. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. This is a song I do often, uh, a song by Jonah Tolchin, a song of hope called Beauty in the Ugliest Days.
my friends in these tattered clothes with this troubled mind to see the beauty in the yesterday. When I call, I know you'll be there. Scared cause you called me now It's like you called me back then And you taught me to see The beauty in the ugliest today Thank you, that's Mike and Mike. I, I don't know what to say about this guy. He's so, he's so amazing, man, and he can sing me absolutely under the table. Please make him welcome, the one and only Steve McMurray. Steve, how you doing, man? I'm good. Doing better? I'm good. I'm better now. Doing, <laughs> doing better now? Yeah, I've uh, I've been on the night shift for the last year, so I'm ready. I'm I'm excited about seeing the daylight. <laughs> yeah, and excited to play some music, man. Yeah, man. And I know you got some new music coming out. I know Acoustic Syndicate is recording, and we'll get to that. I I wanted to ask you just a just a little bit. Dig dig back. You know, uh, you 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 grew up playing music, and ultimately ended up in a in a band with your cousins. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, it's kind of a family affair. Uh, everybody's heard the story probably, but when I was 12, uh, Brian and Fitz and my parents got together and decided they were wanted to, wanted to have a band. <laughs> so they bought me a fiddle, bought Brian a banjo, and bought Fitzy a guitar. Yeah. And uh, that's how it started. I started out playing the fiddle. And uh, let me just tell you, uh, if you're going to be 12 years old and trying to learn how to fiddle, you better either be dialed in or have some good drugs because uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have the attention span for it. And, uh, right, uh, right. You know, but I did kind of, you know, I took off on it for a little while, but that's how that started. And then, then they would, you know, trot us off up in front of the church and, and uh, we'd have to sing the acapella stuff. And, and uh, yeah, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't necessarily voluntary. <laughs> Interesting. Well, your well, your father was the minister. Is that right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so that you know. Well, that complicates things. It does complicate things. <laughs> uh, there's there's a level of authority there that you just don't you know. Uh, you got it coming from all all kinds of places. When it comes so, yeah, when it comes to when it comes it, that's kind of like the double whammy. It's like you got your father figure, but your father also has undeniably has the force of God behind <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's already got it on the highest authority. Yeah. Well, Tough well, man to argue with, I imagine. Uh, you know what? He was pretty cool, though, man. He, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he never uh, really worked the guilt thing too hard. Yeah. Uh, that was all on Mom. Mom did that. But, uh, but he kind of he kind of would just you know hey, you know he was he was sort of he was sort of cool man he 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 wasn't too heavy about it but Good. if he wanted you to really do something he had his ways <laughs> he could get you to do it. So. <laughs> when uh, did you um when did you start writing songs? Oh man, uh, I'm gonna I picked you out one tonight one of the one of the first songs that I ever wrote uh, that I'm gonna 
bring back out. But we, awesome. we never recorded. Um, I don't really know the answer to that question. I, I, I would say I was in my teens, maybe. Yeah. Um, which is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't really, you know, I can't really remember. I think the first thing that I recorded to actually uh, put on a record was No Time. Really? Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I think so. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly. But it's been, it's been going on a while. Um, and, and a lot of stuff that I wrote, unfortunately, uh, uh, back in my early 20s, uh, I don't have anymore. It, it either uh, I've either lost it. Right. Or I can't remember it or, you know, and I, I was digging through some stuff that, uh, recently and found this old tune that I'm going to play for you later. Um, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And uh, I was like, whoa, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? But, no, it's been going on a while. I, I, uh, I'm a fan of songwriters, you know. And I, Clearly. I, I, I always uh, sort of gravitated towards those more song-oriented artists. Who, uh, who, who, who would you, uh, who are your biggest songwriting influences? I'll tell you what, man. Not so much as a writer, but my mom, when I was uh, nine or ten, bought me uh, Pete Seeger's Live from uh, the Carnegie Hall. Wow. And uh, he, had, he had a couple of originals on there, but all of those songs on that record, I don't know why, it just hit me hard, man. It's like uh, everything on, and that's where I learned Roll On Columbia, which is on the Big Daddy Bluegrass Band album, and a couple of others. Uh, but uh, as far as writers go, you know, I, th I, pro I think probably early, early on it was Willie Nelson. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Uh, when, when I was uh, in my teens, you know, I latched on to that. I was, I, I was totally the country outlaw. I had the, I had the trucker's hat, the, the flannel shirt, you know. And I was, I was delving into two worlds, you know. I was, I was, was over here with, with the, uh, the new waivers, you know, and then I would lose that crowd and go over here and hang out with my buddies in the outlaw scene, you know, so I was working everything, but I mean, I loved all kinds of music, but uh, I was totally into the outlaw thing, I mean, uh, Waylon and Willie and, and all of those guys yeah. coming up, uh, I actually, my dad, my dad would, would roll over in his grave if he knew this, but when I was 16 years old, I lied and I told him I was going to go spend the night with my friend over in Troutman, <laughs> and I did not, I went to see Willie Nelson in Charlotte at the old Coliseum. <laughs> And, uh, so, uh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> Probably going to get it one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're forgiven. Maybe. You know, Dad was a huge Willie fan, so, I mean, you know, it's probably all good. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, if you're sneaking out to go see, like, one of the greatest entertainers of, of all time. Yeah, man. you got to cut yeah. a guy some slack for that. It's interesting you mentioned Pete Seeger because, um, to sort of to, to pivot back to that, because that music is... Um, and this is something that we, we were talking about on a text thread the other day. Um, sort of the, the, it seems so sort of obvious when you say it out loud, but it actually matters what you sing about. Oh, yeah. And, right? And, and you have, uh, it doesn't seem like you've wasted a lot of your time. You don't, you don't seem to, to sing about trivial things. You, you, you're, you're, your music matters, and you write about um, what I like to refer to as like, like sort of like matters of being, questions about how we live our lives and that sort of thing. Um, and do you think, do you think that, that, that Pete Seeger, like, do you think that that was, do you think that there was like some early influence there with that music being so sort of message oriented and it was, that music was a vehicle for getting across an idea? Yeah, I, I think a lot of that comes from my dad. Uh, so dad was always real cool. He, uh, even though he, he was a Methodist preacher, he was never really a heavy dude, you know. Uh, he was always pretty lighthearted. But I never did really get the full benefit of, uh, I, I was the black sheep of the family, no, no question about it. My sisters made out way better than I did. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, you know, all of that wasn't lost on me. Uh, so I, I tried to incorporate the positive message of all of that in, into the music without, without getting too heavy on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of been been the driving force and, and I don't it wasn't a conscious decision at, at any one time sure it was just sort of a natural evolution and and uh, I just decided it was it was a positive thing and it was a good thing to do and a good way to go and, and I kind of just stuck with it you know so um, that's that's where the that's where that's where my songwriting orients from yeah. uh, originates from you know it's just uh, you got 
And the world is so crazy, man. It's uh, I, I live in a world that's, uh, uh, you know, I work around a bunch of construction workers every day, and, and it's not the most positive attitude, I can tell you. Uh, so there has to be uh, an existential force of positivity uh, available to, to whoever, for whatever reason. And if I can perpetuate that, then I think I'm doing a good job. Well, I think, I think you are. I, amen, brother. I think you are doing a good job. And, 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 I th and, I think it's, and I think it's obvious that you've had that orientation from the very beginning. It wasn't like this is like a, like a late realization, you know. I mean, it sort of dawned on me at one point. I was like, man, I, I only, I'm only going to sing so many songs in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I don't want to sing about, you know, uh, like, for example, the song, the song um, that, that, that we crossed off our list, like Brown Mountain Lights. Um, you know, and and uh, and uh, and I was, you know, I, I was I was blown away years ago when when Ricky Skaggs played Black Eyed Susie on the CMAs. I felt like that was just a really big missed opportunity. Um, and not to name names, but I just named names. I think it, <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah, it has sort of it has sort of dawned on me later in life that there, it's not just entertaining. There is this there is this an there is an opportunity to do something more. Well, you know, when you have the attention of of so many people, you have an obligation, you know, and if, you're, if your heart is in the right place, if you have a good heart, then you're going to want to influence those, those folks in a positive way. Uh, and if you're doing it for, if you're, and if you're doing a, a negative or if you're, if you're influencing in a negative way for money, uh, that loses all credibility with me. Uh, it's, it, it it does with the universe too. I think I, you know I, I'm 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 a working stiff. I, I'm going to make my living the way I make my living, and and I I just uh, to to do that in order to make money is is wrong on every level for me. But that's you know if that's what you if that's what you're doing, fine. And I'm not going to criticize you for it uh, because every artist is different, and they have their own justification for what they're doing. Totally. Uh, and and I and it, you know far be it from me to to judge what you're doing as right or wrong. I'm I'm not that guy. Uh, but I just I know what I I know what I need to do. Yeah. Uh, and I I just got to keep doing that. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of keeping keeping doing that. Yeah, come on, give it up for Steve, <laughs> man. Come on. Speaking of keeping doing that, uh, just uh, we'll talk about a couple more things, and then we'll get you playing a little bit, and we could talk some more later. Um, Acoustic Syndicate is 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 recording. You guys are in the studio. And yeah. You're putting out music. Yeah, man. That is, talk about good news. Like talk about bringing the good news to the people. That's great to hear, man. That's exciting. Well, thank you, man. Uh, uh, we've, you know, a couple of times uh, in the the Syndicate uh, history, we've sort of just sort of thought, well, maybe it's done. You know, the first time we we sort of knocked off, it was there was there was a lot going on in the families. You know. Uh, the, multi, the extended families, you know, Brian and Fitz both had little babies, yeah, two apiece. Uh, my wife was was going on through some some uh, spinal issues, and we had had like multiple surgeries, and we were looking at multiple more, and, and I was just gone all the time. And then the bottom fell out of the record industry, and there was no way to make a living selling records, and the only way we were going to do it is to tour 250 nights a year, and that was just not doable at, at that time. Right. You know, and it was just like, so we all just sort of made a conscious effort to just sort of, you know, <laughs> I sure would like to wake up in my bed in the morning. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's just kind of how that worked out. Then we kind of picked back up a little bit after a bit of a break, a couple of years off, you know. Mm -hmm. And that sort of more or less, I don't want to say ran its course, but it didn't look like there was too many more pinnacles on the horizon, you know. And then, lo and behold, here comes Organic Records and Ty Gilpin, if you're listening. Thank you, brother. Um, but, yeah. And they, they came, uh, uh, i got to put a lot of this on our bass player, Jay Sanders, for, yeah. for keeping the momentum going and keeping that conversation going with Ty and Organic Records and, and saying, look, we're not done. Uh, we still have some things to say. Uh, and that became the vehicle for getting these songs out that some of us have been sitting on for a while. And, and we, we talked about it, 
very consciously over and over, and it's like, let's, let's don't do all originals. Let's throw in some stuff that meant something to us along the way, you know? Yeah. Uh, as well as the original stuff, you know? So we started out with original, and then we, then we came up with, I don't know if you've heard about it, but we released our version of Bertha, Grateful Dead Bertha, uh, on Friday. And I was pretty damn proud of it. That's, you know, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm excited, man. It's, uh, it's kind of got the old blood pumping again, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little better than I was six months ago. <laughs> Good, man. Well, I know, yeah. I, know, um, I know that, there's, that, that, that we want to hear more Acoustic Syndicate. Yeah. You know? And I, I know that there's more people out there like me that want to hear it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And, and, uh, and, and I know a lot, a lot of us are really happy to hear that you guys are, are making some more music. Uh, speaking of making music, why don't we play for a little bit, and then we'll pick this conversation back up. All right. Feel all right about that? Sounds good. So this is, uh, I told this story last night. I meant to set it up last night, and I forgot. So my, my mother was raised over here in Franklin, uh, uh, and her folks were from out, like, between Franklin and Murphy. But my grandfather, in 1929, uh, when the crash came along, my mother was born in 32, and there was nothing... No jobs of any kind for uh, a guy in Franklin, hardly at all. I mean, uh, they farmed, but uh, it, was, it was, you know, difficult. Uh, so the TVA came through, and they started building Fontana Dam over there near Bryson City. And my granddad got a job working on the crew over there, and they would come around and collect them on Sunday evening, and they'd ride them in the back of a truck, 10 guys, all the way over to Fontana, He'd spend all week working over there, clearing the ground for the lake. He swung a bush axe for four years. That's what he done. And then they would bring him home on Saturday night. So he had from Saturday evening to Sunday evening, one day, you know, and then the rest of the time he was spending. He did that for four years. Anyway, he told me a story uh, not long before he died. I was asking him about that, and, and uh, he said there was one, one old, old guy on the crew who was the cook, and he had made his way up here on a crew somehow, from like the Delta region, like Alabama or somewhere down in Mississippi. I can't remember exactly where he was from. But anyway, all he wanted to do was just get home. And he got himself up here in the mountains of North Carolina and couldn't get home. And anyway, this song is about that guy. And they, uh, they eventually uh, took up enough money around his coworkers, you know, and got him a train ticket back to wherever it was he was living. But this is for him. Sometimes I'd like to come down early When the sweetest breeze is summer season the hard times that come back from where only strong men can go and the dirty work's all done here in the town I could pick up my things from Collect what pays to me from the man from the man. I can walk straight down the floodway where the water bends around. And follow you, old river, to my home. Oh, but if I could. I had the strength of Lord to get myself back home. I'll be right now, but I guess I'm gonna stay. 
seems to stain this old man's soul Now the pain it comes from places that I never knew Anyone has come and gone along for your good day And the cold wind chills me right down to my bones Maybe next year, oh, things may go something differently All the friends that I have made here may help me on my way. I just have the strength level, Lord, to get myself back. I'd leave right now, but I guess I'm If you're enjoying this episode, I encourage you to check out Episode 7 with Benny Galloway, Episode 15 with Vince Herman, Episode 19 with Chris Jacobs, or Episode 22 with John Weisberger. Thanks for listening, and after the show, be sure to leave a review. So, i got to set this one up for you, too, since we're telling stories. I was uh, hanging out at my best friend's house one day, and she had a picture on her refrigerator door. Her kid was in the sixth grade, and uh, it was, I was like... That's interesting. What is that? She goes, it was a rainbow, and it had a little roller coaster car in it and had three guys on top of it going like this. <laughs> Stick guys, you know. And uh, so, uh, anyway, Sam uh, Burris, uh, not, not Burris, I'm sorry, but Sam uh, uh, was responsible for that, and I think he was like nine. Uh, so this is where Rainbow Roller Coaster came from, off of my friend's refrigerator door. professional musician would have been tuning while he was telling that story. Like I say, Travis, you get what you pay for, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, how would you even know? <laughs> there's this great, there's this great story, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton's in the studio, and there's this, in, there's this thing that we use in the studio, it's at the program, it's called Pro Tools, you know, it lets you edit, change pitch and that kind of thing. She'd sung through, and she goes, all right, I want to sing it again. And they go, oh, don't worry about it, Dolly. We'll fix it in post-production. They go, we can do the auto-tune. We'll fix it in Pro Tools. And she goes, excuse me? She goes, yeah, we'll fix it in Pro Tools. She goes, excuse me, sir. You can keep your tools, and I'm the only pro around here. Roll it again. <laughs> don't mess with Dolly.
I'm gonna get right back into it, man. What do you? Let's let's talk. Like, can we talk a little bit about home and about your sense of place? Yeah, man. Because I know, you know, I know for me, just this last year has, has taught me a lot about what it means to make, wake up in the same place, watch the seasons change, that sort of thing. A lot of uh, musicians are uh, tuning into that probably. You know, the, the, the whole COVID thing has been, it has been what it is, you know, and it's been problematic and, and so tragic and devastating for so many people. But it has also given a lot of these working, hardworking musicians like Travis the chance to be home with their kids for a while, you know, and that's that's got to mean that's got to be a good thing. You, if you got to take a, a piece of positivity out of this whole negative thing, that would be one thing that you could pick out to think about, you know, is being home because a lot of people don't get to do that. I grew up the son of a Methodist preacher, and we bounced around every five years, so I never really got to put down any roots, but I knew where my family roots were, and that was up in the upper end of Cleveland County, North Carolina, where the McMurrays have been since 1789. Whoa. So, um, I always kind of knew where I was going to plug back down, you know, uh, yeah. but it just, uh, I never did know for sure, but uh, that's kind of seemed like the logical place for me because my roots ran deep there and I had lots of extended family there. Fitz and Brian, all my cousins were there. Yeah. Um, so, that seemed like the logical thing to do, but since I have been able to reestablish myself there in that dirt, in that ground, on that, that place in this world. I don't think I'll ever leave. I think, I think that's where I'm going to – they're going to they're bury me right there. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's gotta be a, there's got to be an immense sense of relief to feel that way. It is. Because I never – you know, every, every home we ever had was never home. Because you knew just in a few years you're just going to have to pull up and move off somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, the only place, my dad uh, started out as a school teacher in Boone, and he bought himself a little house, a little tiny little house up on the side of a mountain, and was somehow able to hang on to that thing. It was right up on the, the Tennessee line, and that was the only home I ever knew, even though we didn't stay there but two or three, four weeks out of the year. Right. You know, and uh, it was all we could do to keep it from falling down. You know, it was just, but it was our home. It was, you know, our little cabin on the side of the mountain. And that was the only place it, that it was home because it never changed. Right. It was like Grandma's house. You know, nothing ever changes. <laughs> Everything's always the same. And, you know, you could always expect it to be the same when you walked in the next time. So that was a real grounding uh, element in our lives as kids growing up, my sisters and my brother. Yeah. And our family. And, and I, think, I think my parents had that in mind when they decided to keep that place. Uh, right. So A place you could, you could uh, right. point to on a map. Right. And, and say, and this know. is ours. Yeah, right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that. You know, I'm very, very, very fortunate in that regard because there's so many people I know that I work with on a daily basis, you know, that are not from this country uh, or they're from somewhere else, you know, up north or out west or, you know, people get supplanted for one reason or another whatever that, that reason is, you know, either immigration or, or, you know, whatever it is that makes you have to pull up and move on. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, I feel for folks like that because they don't, they don't have that terminal root into the ground somewhere, you know, that right. they can always feel that structure support, you know, and a lot of people don't have that. And I'm, I'm fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I, you totally are. Man, what, speaking yeah. of, speaking of like, speaking of like, foundation and root beneath beneath all of it what do you think sort of like what do you think is your role in this unfolding in the dance what is your what is your role in all of this what orients you well i hate to keep going back to it but i i think that i am ordained by some higher power to be a positive influence on people with a message uh to be a positive message to always try to uplift people and not tear them down. Uh, that, I think that's why we're here. I think that's, that's the, the broader message of Acoustic Syndicate uh, in general. We all have that same ideology. We all uh, subscribe to that doctrine, and we all sort of reinforce that daily. And, and it comes out in the songwriting, you know, but it's, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't something we decided one day that we were going to do. It was just uh, it's how we were brought up, basically. 
I was uh, gonna, I was gonna know? say, it sounds sounds like it's that's a yeah. family tradition. It's 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 genetic, and uh, <laughs> it's. Um, I don't really know what else to add to that, but I I do think that's my calling. Uh, if I if I ever had a calling, I think that's it to spread. Good good love, good vibes, good cheer, and positivity as far and as wide as I can. Amen, brother. You're in the right place. Just 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 a few more sort of this is like the this is like the lightning round. Lightning round. But don't feel like don't feel like. Yeah, we love you, Big Daddy. <laughs> Don't feel like you have to answer them short, but uh, what do you hope for? Pay the light bill. You hope to pay your light bill? Yeah. Simple. Yeah. You know, pay, I, uh, pay wise, the bills. a wise man once said, keep your overhead low. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you that was a very wise man, by the way. Yeah, I, I picked it up on a Paul Rudd movie, actually. Yeah. That's where I get most yeah. of this stuff, actually. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any. I, I, I do want to expound on that for just a minute, but I don't have any grandiose delusions about where I'm supposed to wind up someday. I mean, shoot, man, I'm 55 years old. What's going to happen to me? You know? <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> well, you know, with this body, I could go anywhere, really. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, but I don't, you know, I don't have any lofty notions about where I'm headed. Yeah, man, I just got to keep moving forward. That's it. And, and do the best I can and, and pay the light bill. <laughs> and pay the light bill. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, uh, is there anything that you're afraid of? Snakes. I knew you were going to say that. Ugh. You farmers, you're all the same. My fa- I, you know, you don't fit, like them snakes. Fitz, Fitz will reach down and pick up the god awfulest looking thing you've ever seen. My father uh, was, <laughs> I'm going to blame this all on Joe. Uh, my father was terrified of snakes absolutely i mean it was that was satan incarnate right there on the ground and and he he didn't want anything to do i came in one time with a snake in my pocket i picked up a little green snake we lived in statesville and i walked in the back door and i said dad look what i found and uh he said you get that thing out of here right now or i'm gonna whip your tail i was like i was gone but no it yeah, I'm not afraid of much, man. You know, uh, I'm not afraid of failure. That was never a, you know, I don't, I don't have too many fears. I, I think fear is used by a lot of people for all the wrong reasons. And I, you, you can't be, you can't go through your life afraid. Totally. You have to, you have to be secure. You know, you have to have faith, and and you got to keep moving forward. Well, yeah, it's very, it's it, you're, it, it's very easy. It, it's uh, it's very easy to be, to be uh, manipulated or to get off your center, to get off your game, to sort of lose yeah. lose control of your situation when you're letting fear motivate you. Yeah, my wife would probably tell you a different story about me, but I uh, <laughs> but she's I try not here. you know I try to she's not here, but uh, man uh, I try to I try not to uh, my my uh, my thing is you can you can sweat about the big thing all you want to. You know, but what are you going to do about it? Right. So what's out of what's in your control? What's out of your control? Not much. Right. You know you, what you've got control over is right here, and you just gotta you gotta do that good, and the rest of it will take care of itself. That's yeah. The there's there's that there's a saying the the you know g- give me the 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 grace to what is it the the strength to change the things that I can yeah. and the the grace to accept those things that I can't. That's exactly. not saying it correctly, but that is. A, it's close enough. The serenity prayer, right? Yeah. I mean, what a what a po- what a powerful perspective, you know. What last question, and then we'll get back to playing some more music. What are you happy about? Man, I'm happy to be making music again. Yeah, yeah brother. Uh, I, the the thing I miss most about this whole pandemic thing is I I am I I am addicted to that energy that is right here, you know. This this thing that we we I've been doing for thirty years, you know, playing in front of music, playing playing in front of people. Uh, when when that got cut off, that was a huge void. And I know your life, everybody's lives, Mike's, everybody's, uh, especially if you do this for a living, um, it's it's a difficult thing. But when you do it like I do, uh, for the joy of it, and that joy has been taken away from you, that's a huge void. And there's nothing to fill it. Uh, you can try, um, 
And I just look forward to being able to, to get back out and share these music experiences with everybody because this is why, this is why we do it. These people right here. Yeah. Well, let's get back to it. Let's get back to spreading the good word. Uh, that's Steve McMurray, everyone. Legend. Mike and Mike, join us again.
fall, she lets me know by her weary smile it's time for her to go. She returns to her mother so that she can mend her body and her soul. Bows her head as if to say a prayer And then slowly fades away And whispers I love you And you know that I'll come back to you someday Twenty years of traveling is wearing out my shoes. Twenty years of good times, oh, but I still get the blues. The journey never slows, and the conversation flows like wine. Keep it looking for the day that I can leave these blues behind. All these years I've known you seems like we just met yesterday. Good times and the bad times. With me all the way. Comforts me to know that there's someone listening to the songs I sing. Oh, sometimes I just wish there was someone to sing for me. With my feet in the sea Oh, these are some things I love This song's for me
things that make me smile I'd like to think would bring a smile to most any man These hard times make it hard to find the peaceful life that we all understand Why have the need to plant the seeds and watch them as they reach up The big blue skies while Jerry and smile And no one cries today friends and good music playing out there like Jerry did Oh won't you play it Machines fixing things with my own two hands. Oh, these are the things I love. This song's for me. This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Steve McMurray, Mike Ashworth, Mike Gugino, Thompson Guitars, Americana Vibes, and the Bluegrass Situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travis Book Happy Hour and online at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. And remember, it's okay to be happy. <laughs>